Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. Hello everybody and welcome to the Box Score Breakdown for Tuesday the 29th of December. It's Mr. Jolly of Sydney here. Of course, my partner and the other host is Scotty Harland. He is a.k.a. the Harlander. There can be only one, uh, but he calls himself the Harlander23 on Twitter. Can you guess why? I reckon his favorite player growing up was Michael Jordan. He's a Bulls fan too, like probably uh, 78% of Australian NBA fans over the age of uh, 35. Uh, Shout-outs to the big knobs from Hoop Ball as ever. It's hoop-ball.com, Aaron Bruski. Dan Vespers, I always say we are standing on the shoulder of giants. Uh, Dan, of course, hosts the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. Check that out as well if you don't already. Get involved and support Hoop Ball. It's one of the best things going in the Fantasy NBA world. Like I said, get over to hoop-ball.com. Check out the great content. And now, without further ado, as I always say to today's guest, who is someone I actually heard first on Dan's pod doing ROS, I've gotten in here, which stands for Rest of Season Analysis, of breakout players. I interacted with him on the Fantasy FBI, uh, Fantasy Basketball Insiders, not, uh, it's not the anything uh, dodgy, uh, run by Yahoo Sports of Australia. And of all people, uh, he is somebody who knows a bit about my teams because he's been helping me quite a bit in the lead up to draft. So when I dominate you, you've got this bloke to blame. He is Pedro Dereste. What's up, Dr. Jolly? How are you doing? Mate, I'm, uh, I've got a is smile on my face whiter than a crocodile, and I owe you some a debt of gratitude for that because some of the guys we talked about, like McCall Bridges, uh, Darius Garland, uh, they are absolutely kicking ass. Uh, even Jeremy uh, Grant, who you recommended to me with sort of your teeth clenched, he's turned out good too. Yeah, I recommended him because I didn't want to draft him myself. It was a, a little risky, but it's paying off. You don't think there's any chance what might happen to you that what happened to my uh, fantasy N- NFL uh, helper who I, I ended up winning more leagues than he did? Yeah, that's the that's the risk you run when you have like these uh, these uh, guinea pigs uh, <laughs> <laughs> using other people's teams as like uh, laboratories, you know. But hey, uh, so far it's been good for both of us. Yeah, and I should point out, of course, that uh, Pedro's helped me out with a few of my teams, but I have had a crack at a few by myself. I also had a crack at a few using the Brewski 150, uh, and if you didn't get into that, you missed out this year because uh, a lot of my teams are looking uh, absolutely shit hot, as we say, (laughs) so far. So before we get into uh, Pedro's speciality, which is rest of season, we're going to actually have a look at two players, two breakout players, and get him to break down their ability uh, to maintain what they're doing or do better or maybe go backwards, uh, depending on what happens uh, for the rest of season. We're also going to have a look, of course, at the box score for today, and it's a massive slate of games, so we're going to have to crack on with that. Before I do, 
like to just remind you, of course, that man, Aaron Bruski, I mentioned, he does something called the Bruise Letter. It's really top stuff. The Bruise Letter is back. It's fresh for the 2021 uh, NBA season. Our founder, Aaron Bruski, is writing an email newsletter filled with his most intimate fantasy nuggets. It's exclusive content. You cannot find it anywhere else. We call him Kaiser Sorze because he's hard to find. He walks with a limp. If there's only content he does, it's not on the website. He doesn't come on podcasts much, but he will come straight to your inbox. It's an email newsletter. You can sign up for it for free. Just go to bit.ly slash bruiseletter2021 and sign up in 10 seconds. That's bruiseletter, B-R-E-W-S, like multiple beers, bruiseletter2021. Sign up in 10 seconds. That's bit.ly slash bruiseletter2021. Aaron Brewski, straight to your freaking inbox. All right, let's jump into it. So your speciality, Pedro, and I guess the reason I sort of got to know you listening to uh, you on Dan a couple of times last year is looking at the rest of season value for breakout players. Last season, I held uh, Fred Van Vliet after listening to you on Dan's show. I was thinking about selling high on him. Uh, I did not. I held on to him and he actually exceeded where he was uh, at that point in the season too. So before we look at the two players you've brought on, you've brought on for today's show, just this the kind of concept of rest of season value. Are there any guiding principles that underpin the way you analyze these types of guys that helps us to snaffle them off the wire or trade for them before everyone knows about their value? Yeah. So when I look at rest of season value, and of course, rest of season value is sort of you're trying to project on the fly. Uh, so, uh, these names that emerge in the middle of the season, uh, they're usually hot waiver wire pickups. So the projections kind of already uh, miscalculated their value. So you're trying to like recalculate like what they can do once the season's already begun. Um and uh, most of the things that I take into account is, of course, opportunity, usage, the usuals. Uh, but also, uh, I try to look at their their history, uh, both if they're marginal players or were uh, like or younger players. I check their G League stats or what they've done per minute uh, in their short stints in the NBA. But I also look at college stats and, and try to find out to see if like their their current production is sustainable or not. And what about vice versa? Like, are there what, are there particular underlying metrics that might help you think not overreact when it comes to those kind of guys? Yeah. So usually it's a combination of like when you see like spikes in volume, but also spikes in efficiency. You shouldn't trust those, especially if they're happening across different percentages, like uh, you know field goal percentage, three point percentage, free throw percentage. Uh, usually you get improvements in one or two of those, but rarely do you get them, you know, three at, at the same time. So those are already sketchy to begin with. Good. Now that would be a segue into the second guy we're going to look at today. But let's start with probably one of the most positive uh, things you can talk about in fantasy basketball if you're excited by breakout guys. I talk about having quite a lot of McCall Bridges uh, in my teams. Probably the second most guys uh, guy I have at the moment is this guy, Keldon Johnson. Uh, you're just stealing a little bit from your notes here. He's a roto darling in the bubble. He averaged 14 points, five rebounds, 1.1 steals, 1.4 threes on excellent percentages in only 24 minutes. And so far this year, he's 14 points, 8.3 rebounds, 1.5 steals and a block, uh, uh, and a three per game in 30 minutes. Now, those percentages are down a little bit. Uh, is there room for him to improve? 
Yeah, so that's the thing. He's already an early candidate for waiver wire pickup of the year, and he's not even playing up to his not potential. He's not playing up to his history uh, as a, a, a as a shooter. So forty three percent is way off from what he did at college in the G League. Um, and I think I I think he's a rest of season hold. Here's one issue with him, and again, I'm stealing from your notes here. Of thirty five field goals, only one has been outside the paint and inside the three point line. So he's basically getting to the rim or shooting threes. So this is kind of what you want uh, from a from a role player in the NBA. You don't want uh, role players shooting that mid-range. And it seems like Coach Pop has finally bought into this idea that it's probably not best to play two big men at the same time anymore, especially with how quick uh, uh, the game has, is being played nowadays. So right now he's playing power forward as a 6'5", 6'6", uh, wing and he's doing really well he's uh um uh, his finishing has translated from his prior years but he's also uh like cut out the the fat i guess from his shot selection now what about his college shooting splits uh is there anything we can learn from those yeah so three point uh shooting splits are kind of all over the place and really this is what i consider his his swing category because we're not sure what type of three-point shooter he is so he, he was 38% on low attempts in college, about three a game, which is very good. But then he was 23% on the same volume for the Austin Spurs in the G League, which is obviously not bad. Also, uh, it bears mentioning that in the G League, he was uh, the leading scorer in that team. So he had to, uh, basically, he could do whatever he wanted. So he didn't really focus on, on shooting threes. Uh, the thing is that then in the bubble last year, he was shooting 65% on like two, two and a half per game, which was obviously unsustainable. So it's really hard. You can't say split the difference because the difference would be, you know, Curry level likes, uh, uh, a Curry level uh, efficiency. So we're really hoping that he he sort of settles into the 34, 35 range on solid volume. Hmm. What about his three throw shooting? The free throw shooting, that's something that we have to, we really do have to see. So uh, he's, he gets, he gets to the line a lot uh, or pretty good for such a low usage player. Uh, and he's been pretty solid as a pro shooting 80%. But then his uh, college numbers suggest that he should be slightly worse. Uh, and his G League numbers uh, suggest the same. So maybe not so much low 80s as a mid to high 70s player on on pretty solid free throw attempts about three or four a game now you you said before that uh similar to jalen brown and gary harris he has a fragile stat profile what does that mean yeah so i get i get a lot of questions about this so fragile means that it is, and usually it applies to wings. So it's wings who are relatively efficient from the field and from the line. And when they're not shooting efficiently, then the rest of their fantasy game kind of like falls by the wayside because they, they don't, they don't have that volume in defensive stats. They don't have that volume in rebounds or assists or threes. So like, you know what a Jalen, a bad Jalen Brown game looks like, and you know what a bad Gary Harris game looks like because Gary Harris has had two years worth of those. Hmm. Um, so it's basically low usage players who really need to be efficient to be useful for your fantasy squad. And so far, it seems like Keldon Johnson has created a nice cushion for himself with his rebounding uh, and the defensive stats he's been able to provide. Although I expect both of those to to take a hit when Derek White rejoins the rotation. 
Now, one of the big narratives for this season would be, was going to be how people who kind of broke out in the bubble or went completely insane in the bubble are going to fare when, you know, back in the regular NBA. And we can see different examples of that from different levels of experienced players, like even someone like TJ Warren, who was like in the top five in the bubble. And you can he's obviously come back to earth a little bit. Now, with Keldon, he was incredible in the bubble. Well, any reason why he obviously not scoring as much as he was there. Is there a drop-off in percentage in any area or just the usage? Yeah, uh, the, the usage is actually uh, pretty, uh, what do you say, pretty modest right now. So I think he can thrive even with Derek White in the lineup. And of course, there's that risk, not the risk, the, the potential that uh, DeMar DeRozan gets, uh, gets traded, LaMarcus Aldridge gets traded. So that would result in a small usage bump. The thing is that he's already... Uh, been a very good finisher. Like last year, he shot 70% in the restricted area in the bubble. This year, he's at 55. So there's room, like split the difference there uh, and account for the increased volume. And you've got an above average finisher in the low 60s. That already gives him a high floor for field goal percentage. So what's left to improve is just the three-point percentage, which uh, we've seen that he can shoot that. And then his free throw percentage needs to stabilize. But uh, even right now, uh, where, you know, three games in, his stats haven't stabilized. He's the 55th best player in fantasy. So, uh, yeah, even if he loses a, a couple of spots there, I think he's comfortably in the top 100. And so give us a summary here. What are the encouraging signs for him to wrap up this guy? Well, the encouraging sign... The, the first one is that he actually played to begin the season because I don't know if you remember two weeks ago, uh, Coach Pop said that he was a few weeks away and uh, he was ready for the opener. So the fact that he's playing, playing big minutes and cl- uh, starting and closing games uh, probably uh, bodes well for his rest of season value. So he's got the role. He's probably the best power forward on the team, if we're being honest, because the team's uh, better when he's out there playing the four. He's closing out games. He's the primary defender. He was uh, uh, defending Zion Williamson for the whole game uh, the last time out. He's increased his weight. I think he came into the league uh, at 215 pounds, and now he's 230, and you can see it. Uh, so in many ways, he is very similar to 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 a Jalen Brown, obviously without the offensive uh, responsibilities that, that Brown has, but he'll provide similar stats. Now, the second guy that we're going to look at is, you said 55. I see in the season, he's at 54, and his name is Lugans Dort. They're right together. That's pretty incredible, isn't it? Um, one's 54 and one's 55, according to Basketball Monster that I'm looking at right now. Now, he, he's just somebody where it's a bit of the opposite, isn't it? You're not sure whether he's going to be able to maintain what he's doing right now. Yeah, I, I don't think so. And that's why I picked these two guys, because they're really buzzy names. And probably uh, people have been blowing their waiver priorities or their budgets to get these two guys. So Lugan Stort was obviously another star of the bubble, but for very different reasons. He's mostly known because he uh, shut down uh, James Harden that one playoff game. And then he had the other one where he, I think he scored 30-something points and he couldn't miss a three or something like that. Yeah, I think he, leading up to that, he was absolutely putrid for it. Like, I think he he was like three from 23 or something ridiculously terrible. And then he just was out, com- completely lights out on that night. Couldn't miss. Yeah, so th- that's the thing with this guy. It's like, we don't really have a history of his, you know, 
of of him succeeding on offense. Uh, he's always been a very limited offensive player. Um, I know people like these narratives where, you know, a player comes out of nowhere. He didn't come out of nowhere. He went to Arizona State. Like, uh, you know, the... <laughs> uh, we we've seen this guy. He also played in the in in the G League. So um, even last year, uh, where he was buried behind that three guard lineup in, in OKC, he only shot thirty nine percent field goal uh, and only sixty percent at the rim, which is league average. Uh, and now, and these stats are before today's game, of course. Uh, they went down a little bit, I assume, after today's game. But he was at sixty percent overall. And then shooting 89% of the rim this year. Both of those are obviously unsustainable. And there's a lot of these numbers, particularly in the percentages categories, uh, that just scream unsustainability to me. Now, um, other things that you've pulled out here that show that maybe he's not as great as what he comes across. This 1.9 deflections per 36 minutes, which is good for 289th in the league, sandwiched between Steele's luminaries Lonnie, Lonnie Walker and MPJ. Explain yeah. that. Um, he, I don't know, there's this misconception about him uh, in the NBA or just maybe about defensive players in general that uh, just because they play defense, they can somehow get steals. So there's a correlation between deflections and steals. 1.9 deflections per 36 minutes is not good. That is not a good number. And it shows up on his actual steal numbers. So 1.4 steals per 36, which is what he averaged uh, last season, is not bad. It just presupposes that he's going to play 36 minutes every game to get to 1.4 steals, which is slightly above average for fantasy. So not the most encouraging numbers. And I know, I think he had a multiple steal game already this season. But we shouldn't be expecting those on a night-to-night basis from him. I think uh, if his value comes, it's going to come from that three-point shooting. So uh, his outlook. So we've talked about the misconception about his defense. Uh, What about the percentages and the volume? So I I actually... Uh, like the the volume, like I buy him with Keldon, like which percentages do you trust? Uh, but right now, since all his percentages are so inflated, I really don't buy any of them. This is one of those wait and see things with Lugensdorf. Um, so this is one thing that I will say that I alluded to when I was defining, uh, like giving my definition for rest of season value, is that when you see these spikes in percentages, uh, with, with its attendant increase in volume across the board from one year to the next, and I guess in Dort's case from like three months ago to now, uh, you know, you can believe that there's improvement, but it doesn't happen all at once. You don't get like, you know, 20% bumps in three-point percentage. You don't get uh, 15% bumps in in in, in uh, finishing at the rim. And you don't get 40% bumps in free throw uh, or, or, or any other percentage. You don't get all three at the same time. So I think we have to temper expectations with Luke and Stewart, at least uh, uh, where, where, where it concerns shooting. So who's a better compare for him? Is it Marcus Smart or Lance Stevenson? Well, it's definitely not Marcus Smart. Uh, I've been hearing these comps being thrown out on Twitter. Uh, I, I think I heard somebody say, uh, uh, Lugan Stewart is like Marcus Smart without the assist. And I'm like, okay, so he's not Marcus Smart at all because Marcus Smart's assists are like his second most valuable category in fantasy. Um, so smart without assists is somebody closer to like the aforementioned Gary Harris, or if you want to dig back to two or three years ago, 
somebody like Kent Bazemore or Wes Matthews, both of which uh, were useful for fantasy purposes, but obviously fluctuating in that, you know, top 80 to top 120 range, which I think is where we should be placing Dort. So he's a must-add for 14-teamers but uh, and deeper, of course, but what about for 12-teamers? If you have somebody to... I mean, he has some things working in his favor, right? He's still young. He he only shoots threes and or, or shots at the rim, just like Keldon Johnson. So that's the type of uh, of role players that you kind of want. Uh, he can get defensive stats, although they seem a bit, a bit fluky. They're happening. And, you know, in theory, if his free throw rate, uh, free throw percentage uh, improves, he can be a boost to free throw, which is the hardest category to find on the wire. So for me in 12-teamers, if he's even slightly better than your worst player, then you should add him for the end of the bench and just wait and see to see what you what you really have. Because we know he has the minutes in, in OKC. That team is terrible. And that's exactly what I did. I added him in one of my competitive leagues. I dropped Nick Batum. Uh, I figured I wanted to gamble on Dort rather than Batum. What do you think about that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Batum is uh, pretty nice, but there's a few people out and, and he's a very limited player right now. Okay, so let's jump into the box scores. That was fantastic, uh, Pedro. And hopefully, whenever you get back on, maybe asking you to do two of these each time is a bit much, but can you do one of these for us over the first few appearances of the season? Yeah, I mean, moving forward, there are going to be fewer obvious waiver wire breakouts. So I think that should work just fine. So we've got 10 games to bust through here. Are you ready to go into turbo mode, Pedro? Uh, we'll see. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's go. <laughs> Can you Let's keep go. up with Mr. Jolly of Sydney, Mr. Jolly of <laughs> Sydney on Twitter? Let's have a crack. The first game on the slate is the New York Knickerbockers up against the Cleveland Cavaliers. And the Knicks run out 95 to 86 winners against the previously undefeated and NBA champion favorites, the Cleveland Cavs. <laughs> and part of the reason that happened was that Julius Randle is an MVP candidate. He had 28 points, 12 rebounds, 11 assists, one steal, four from four from deep, six from 10 from the foul line, nine from 16 at a magnificent 56%. Why do you hate him so much? I don't hate him. He just doesn't fit every single build. Uh, actually, last year, he had an objectively bad season shooting 46%, I think it was, from from the power forward position. So last year, yeah, I hated him. This year, I'm just expecting, you know, uh, if you're punting free throws, get him. He's a very limited player, and I think Obi Toppin's going to take away some minutes later in the season. Obvious sell high. Okay, hopefully nobody's listening. I've got him in two leagues and I will try a sell high and see if I can flog him off in one of those. Somebody who I didn't flog off, I dropped, probably much to your chagrin, was Alfred Payton. I dropped him right before he had 27 points and was lights out the last game. This game, uh, he fell back to earth a little bit. He had 14 points, uh, eight rebounds and seven assists, though. He is a category stuffer. He fixed his field goal percentage. I think I sent you a screenshot. He was two from nine, but he ended up six for 15. Am I going to regret dropping him in a league where I was strong in assists and weak in threes for a three-point streamer like Jordan Clarkson? You probably will regret it, but you'll feel better about it in March or, or, or April when he starts losing minutes to the likes of, you know, Emmanuel Quickly or something like that. But Alfred Payton is a pretty bankable, you know, late round point guard. He's been that year after year. What about other tidbits, as we say in Scott and my run sheets? We've got like a few little things to hit. Mitch Rob 
Mitch Robinson or Mitchell Robinson. He had nine points, 10 rebounds, two big blocks. Uh, Nerlens Noel, he's the one to look at, isn't he? That combination between him and Mitchell Robinson at the moment, it's not good for Nerlens, is it? Uh, he had four points, seven rebounds, but he did have two steals and three blocks. I did good not to drop him or sell very low, didn't I? Yeah, it's just a matter of adjusting expectations. It's the same Noel as always, as opposed to a, a breakout Noel <laughs> this season. And Kevin Knox, we can't say anything nice, so we won't say anything at all. Let's move on to the Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, Darius Garland, uh, he once again had a very nice line, 17 points, five rebounds, six assists, two steals. The field goal percentage was pretty poor, but 37 minutes 18 shots, three three pointers. He was two from two from the foul line. Is it an exaggeration to say uh, that's a league winning guy to take with your last or second last pick? And I mean, I'm on top of Dan's Roto Cash League at the moment, in part because of him. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you never want to claim victory too early with these uh, league winning type uh, players. But. To be honest, every year it's always in the first couple of games that we know when the like who the league winner is. Last year it was Brandon Ingram, who from day one was just killing it. Two years ago it was Pascal Siakam. Within the first six games, he was already averaging 18 points. So uh, I think in this case, yeah, Darius Garland is probably going to at least get you into the top seed if you drafted him in the in the last rounds. And he is currently the 22nd best player in fantasy basketball nine category, right next to my man, McCall Bridges and Rudy Gobert. Uh, Terry Rosier is around there. Jeremy Grant, God, three or four of those names in that 20 to 25 range are guys that I have a ton of. OG Ananobi is another guy. He's ranked 17th right now, who I got around 80th. Those guys in the in the 70 to 120, 140 range, there's like four or five guys right there. So hopefully they hold out. Somebody who you couldn't get in that range but uh, was going a little bit lower than maybe he could have was Andre Drummond. Now, he had another big game today, 18 points, 17 rebounds, two assists, three steals, six blocks. Now, speaking of league winners, if he keeps that up and you got him in the third round, that helps a lot, doesn't it? It does. Uh, the only thing that worries me about Drummond, uh, aside from the free throw woes, which, you know, you know that's what you're going to get uh, with Drummond, is the fact that he his on-court product just isn't very good. He's not a very good on-court player, and he's a free agent uh, in the next offseason, so he might be a trade candidate. We already saw how trade uh, destroyed his value last year, and he might be in the same position again this year. So uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't celebrate too early with Andre Drummond, but this production is nice. We've and, seen yeah, that before. You mentioned the free throw percentage. If you look at Z score, it's minus 3.32, which of the top 100 players is the second worst Z score in any category that anyone has. I think Isaiah Roby's three throw percentage is the only one that's worse and his excuse is being a rookie or um, basically, isn't it? What about other tidbits for the Cavs? Larry Nance, will he hold the value that he's providing even when Love returns? He was good again today. Yeah, Larry Nance is getting the minutes this year uh, and mostly because he's playing two positions. Last year, he was playing mostly strictly center. And now uh, to start the season, he was Love's backup and Love isn't available. So he played 42 minutes this year, uh, this game. 
and he put up a great stat line. I think you can bank on Nance doing this, but of course he's not going to be the, the 27th ranked uh, basketball player, this uh, fantasy player this season. Another guys who had another guy who had a good fantasy line for the Cavs today was Colin Sexton, who had twenty points, two rebounds, four assists. Although he was a pretty putrid six for seventeen from deep. Uh, Chetty Osman is a guy that a few people have picked up off waiver wise, but uh, you can see today he kind of fell back to earth, didn't he? he? Was six points, three assists, no steals, no blocks. He was two for twelve from the field. He's probably only a fourteen team guy. Big man streamer worth maybe noting if you need some big man. Stats is JaVale McGee had 11 points and nine rebounds, a near double-double. He also had one steal and two blocks. And, of course, as ever, his field goal percentage was very good. The second game of the evening on our slate, anyway, was the Golden State Warriors at the Detroit Pistons. The Warriors ran out winners 116 to 106. That is two in a row for the Dubs. Reason for optimism in the Bay after they blew away the Pistons in the fourth behind Steph Curry and Andrew Wiggins. With Damian Lee, a man who married into the Curry dynasty, hitting the separator with 1.30 to go. Optimism in Golden State, or is this just playing against a crappy team? Uh, well, it's a little bit of both, right? But at some point, the, the dubs were going to write the, chi- the, the ship. So uh, it's good to see Curry doing what Curry does. He had good games prior to this, but without his trademark efficiency. So, yeah, uh, I did not knock Curry down a little bit after his first couple of games in my rankings. And right now he's ranked as the 11th overall. I expect that to go up even higher, actually. Yeah, and he had 31 points, five rebounds, six assists, two steals. He was six of 10 from the field and five of nine from the three-point line. He was also eight from eight from the foul line. Stephen Curry, that is first round value. I drafted him in a couple of places. You've got to love that. The second player to look at for the Golden State Warriors was Andrew Wiggins. He had 27 points, seven rebounds, three assists, one steal. He was nine for 19 from the field and five for eight from the three-point line. Can we expect Andrew Wiggins to keep doing that? Or was this just an Uh, outlier? (laughs) You tell me, Jolly. Uh, The answer is no. Let's move on to (laughs) Kelly Oubre, shall we? He had 14 points, five rebounds. Uh, two steals, two blocks, uh, one for four from deep. He was a bit better, six for 10 from the field. So Kelly Oubre, could people who are sending me deals with Hassan Whiteside in them for Kelly Oubre, please stop. I'm, I did the right thing by holding on to him, didn't I? Yeah, you definitely did. And the thing with him is that he's uh, he has the opposite of a fragile uh, stat profile because even when his shot isn't falling, he can rebound, he can get steals, blocks. So he's always helping out in multiple areas. Now, what about Juan Toscano-Anderson? Is he somebody to consider for deep leagues? He had 23 points today. Potential for him to improve a bit? Uh, no, but it's pretty cool to see uh, another Latino in the NBA. Well, there you go. Let's may, maybe maybe in the I've got him in my I just picked him up in my twenty four team league, the one that you helped me with the draft with. So that could be uh, something good for the Detroit Pistons. Something that is very very good is Jeremy Grant. He had twenty seven point seven rebounds, one assist, three steals, two blocks, nine for twenty one from the field. That volume is there. Thirty seven minutes, three for nine. Now Blake Griffin only played seventeen minutes today, but uh, that's very encouraging for Jeremy Grant, isn't it? He's the main man. Yeah, uh, he's actually he's 
uh, I, I had pretty reasonable expectations for him this year as a top 80 sort of player, but he's been much better than that. Uh, however, my worries from the preseason are still there. Like the inefficiency is obvious and uh, glaring. Of course, without Blake Griffin, he'll be asked to do even more of that. So beware of that field goal percentage car- category with him. And the other thing is that he's not usually such a stat stuff. He's good for defensive stats. He's not this good. So keep in mind that he played 37 minutes. Nobody else for Detroit uh, was over 30 for the game. So, uh, yeah, uh, uh, a bit of a sell high, I'd say. Yeah, okay, sell high. What about Josh Jackson? I picked him up off a couple of waiver wires, 17 points, six rebounds, three assists, one steal, one block, six for 14 from the field. He missed all of his five three-point shots, uh, five for eight from the foul line. He had the most uh, foul shots of any Detroit player. Uh He's a former pretty high lottery pick, isn't he? Is he a guy that might end up surprising some people this season? Yeah, he's one of those uh, uh, that you should pick up just to see where this train goes. But uh, he's kind of crazy with his percentages. He's uh, like Karis LeVert in that respect where, sure, he'll get you some good usage-dependent stats, but then he'll crush your percentages, and it looks like he'll commit turnovers too. Uh, He's pretty Care- like if you watch him play, he looks very careless with the ball, but you know, no doubt he's improved and he's probably worth a roster spot. Uh, at least in 14 teams, wait and see in 12 teams. Now, Mason Plumley was not so good today, but he's been one of the late round steals so far this season. He had two points, 10 rebounds, two assists, one block. He had three turnovers though. He missed all of his five shots from the field and he was two from four from the foul line. Of course, he will occasionally do that to you. Blake Griffin, as I mentioned, only had 17 minutes today. Well, that's something for us to pay attention moving forward. The next game on the slate was the Celtics up against the Pacers. Uh, Boston crushed them in the last quarter, 33 points to 17 after it was the other way around in the third quarter where Indy was strong. Boston had 37 foul shots to 16. There's a shout out to my Boston Celtics mate who thinks that they always get the uh, the rough shot from the refs. Ten uh, attempts to Jason, for Jason Tatum at the line, which is a bit weird, given that he'd only been to the foul line four times in his first three games, and then he got ten in one game. Do those foul shots point to him being more aggressive? You know, his shot selection at times calls his top ten value into question, doesn't it? Yeah, and his reluctance to drive to the rim uh, was a frustration a few years back, but he seemed to fix it last year, and it carried over into this one. Uh, yeah, my thing was Jason Tatum. I was watching his game, and he had 15 points. And I asked my some of my buddies, like, "What's wrong with Jason Tatum? He's playing like shit." And then in the next three minutes, he scored like nine straight points and got three steals. Uh, <laughs> so uh, this is good for Tatum that he can fix his fantasy game, you know, <laughs> in the span of like half a quarter. And what about Jalen Brown? He had 20 points, uh, two rebounds, two assists, four steals. He was seven for 13 from the field. Is his improvement real? His improvement was real last year. Uh, I don't think he's one of those players where it's really not going to translate to to fantasy that well. But he'll have games like this one where when he, you know, he's clearly the, at least the second best player on the court. But again, mind that free throw percentage because it's always pretty bad with him. And what about Tristan Thompson, Daniel Tice, and Robbie Williams? Tristan Thompson had 14 points, 10 rebounds, one assist. Today, uh, Daniel Tice, only four points, four rebounds, and one assist. Robbie Williams, eight points, five rebounds, no assists, no steals, no blocks, only 10 minutes for him. Thompson had 26 minutes, and Tice had 23. It's all a bit yuck, isn't it? 
Yeah, uh, uh, Brad Stevens had said that he was going to fix his uh, front court rotation for this game, and he didn't. He started Tristan Thompson and Daniel Tice again. I think ultimately Tice is being disrespected in fantasy circles. I think he emerges as the the, the better big man in Boston, but it'll take a it'll take a few games because it looks like they they really want to wedge Tristan Thompson into the rotation at all costs. And now before we hear about the Indiana Pacers uh, box scores, let's hear a word from our sponsors. Happy New Year from them. In fact, it's Happy New Year from Manscaped. Manscaped is the very best in men's below-the-waist grooming, and they're offering precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. And they are here to help you have clean balls in the new year. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) It was hard to get that one out. Ring in the new year with the right tools for the job. Spoiler alert, hairy nuts are still gross. Step into the new year with a tree standing taller and shave your boys. Manscaped is here to give you a New Year's resolution that you'll actually want to keep. The perfect package 3.0 is the below the base, below the waist grooming package you need to start off strong this year. Come out of quarantine with clean balls thanks to the Lawnmower 3.0. This waterproof and skin-safe trimmer will reduce nicks to your two best friends. The third generation trimmer even has a light to shine a light to the promised land that 2021 looks to be. Well, there you go. It wouldn't have to be too good to be better than 2020, would it? But uh, let's crack on, shall we? It's also time to freshen up down there in the new year with a crop preserver. This is an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. You already put deodorant on your armpits. Why not put some deodorant on the smelliest part of your body? And for on-the-go freshness, you'll love the Crop Reviver Ball Toner Spray. Start the new year with a fresh set of testes thanks to Manscaped. Manscaped even threw in their shed travel bag to keep all your goodies stored comfortably. Speaking of comfort, the Manscaped anti-chafing boxer briefs are also included and will bring your underwear game to the very next level. Bring sexy back in 2021, just like Justin Timberlake used to say, and get 20% off plus free shipping with the code HOOPBALL20 at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you and so will your better halves. And remember, to get 20% off and free shipping with the code HOOPBALL20 at manscaped.com, that's 20% off with free shipping at Manscaped and use the code HOOPBALL20. Happy New Year. Happy New Balls. And don't forget, when you support our sponsors, you're also directly supporting us too. So get out there and get yourself some Manscaped for the new year. And for the Indiana Pacers, Big bounce back game from Victor Oladipo. He had 24 points, six rebounds, six assists, one block. He was two from six from deep, uh, two for two from the foul line. He had 18 shots leading the team. He also played 34 minutes. Vic Oladipo is somebody I avoided uh, quite a bit because last year was not good and the injuries and stuff. Uh, Where does he end up? I think he's going to be a draft day value. He looks really good. The thing is like... uh, People have to adjust their expectations. 2018 Oladipo is never coming back. So this is actually his his ceiling. And the fact that even at his ceiling game, he can't he still can't get steals should be pretty worrying. So I don't think he has the top 50 upside he's had in previous years, but he's going to be a clear top 100. Just keep your expectations in check and don't celebrate too much when he has these types of games because, you know, he's he might rest the next one. He's actually the third on the per game basis at the moment, thirteenth ranked player in fantasy basketball. It's, it's very early, very yeah. early. Of course, of course. I mean, you look at the guys that are around him. It's it's Steph Curry, Kawhi Leonard, Gordon Hayward, Christian Wood, Kevin Durant. Obviously, he's not going to be able to maintain that. But but if you took a gamble on him around pick eighty, like you said, where people were taking him, and he ends up 
50, 60, that's definitely a good return. Yeah, no, that's really good. I think her per, his per, per game numbers are going to be great. It's just the total numbers might not really be there, and he might hurt you when it matters in the playoffs. Some other lines for the Pacers. Uh, DeMontis Sabonis had 14 points, 11 rebounds, 8 assists. My goodness, two steals. He's looking really hot. Miles Turner had 16 points. He's, his old mate, Miles Turner, 16 points, 6 rebounds, 2 steals, 3 blocks. That's um, stat profile shows that both of them can return, you know, top 50, you know, Sabonis probably top 30. But Turner looks a lock for top 50 if he can get those blocks and steals, doesn't he? Yeah, Miles Turner is has become the second most consistent player on the squad. And I think uh, Sabonis and Turner are finally uh, complementing each other on the court. They didn't win this one, but they've been playing really well. Uh, just so happens that Sabonis got the Daniel Tice treatment on offense today. They have right to pass now. the ball more than usual. Right now, Turner is the ninth most valuable player in fantasy, of course, because of you know, his blocks are a Z score of 6.03. An eight-block game will do that to you. Yeah, that's like the double double the next best. Obviously, that falls off a bit, but it's nice to see Turner having value. I'm a bit of a fan. Um, now, quick note, Justin Holiday is a streamer for your defensive cats, as he always is. He had four steals today. The fourth game on the slate was the uh, Toronto Raptors up against the 76ers. Uh, the 76ers won 100 to 93. They are a different proposition with Embiid um, in their new system in the sense that when he's out, they look really bad. And when he's in, they look really good. I think in the past, it was a little bit closer uh, to the difference between having him or not. Uh, they held the Raptors to 93 points today. How good are the Sixers, Pedro? Uh, the Sixers? Look like their off-season moves have, uh, are finally paying off. Uh, yeah, they. It's also on the other side. Toronto hasn't really played up to their potential this year, but yeah, Philadelphia looks really good, really good. On the Raptors side, Kyle Lowry had twenty-four points, eight rebounds, nine assists, one steal. That is tasty, 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 like a fully matured cheese. I recommended watching him ball with a glass of Aussie Red. What do you think about that, Pedro? <laughs> yeah, I mean. Uh, Lowry's going to do what he usually does uh, before he gets hurt. He played 37 minutes again in this one. Um, and these are the types of stats you can expect from him. So I just, they, they haven't seemed to be, uh, they can't put it all together. Like none of their, you, you want all four of their studs to play well at the same time. And it just hasn't happened this season. Speaking of studs, OG Ananobi is a man that gets me very excited lifting up the table with no hands. He had 20 points, six <laughs> rebounds, two assists, five steals. I'm laughing out loud because I have him in Dan's Roto League. He's a gorgeous man. He had a block as well. Those five steals make a man go, ooh, la, la. Um, God, stop trying to get him with Whiteside, Woodgang Dan, whoever you are masquerading as Dan in Dan's League. I am not giving you OG for Whiteside. Am I right, Pedro? Am I right? Yeah, yeah, don't do that. Uh, everybody's trying to offload Whiteside in every single league. It's the same in mind. That's really funny. This guy comes at me for Ubre, and then I say no. Then he comes at me for like uh, the guy who's the 19th best player in fantasy right now. No, get lost. Um, Siar, <laughs> Siar, Fred Van Viet had a down day. We won't read his out his line out. Siakam, he's been a bit mere. He had 20 points, six rebounds, no assists. Two steals and a block is pretty good, but he was eight for 23. Somebody on the 76ers side who was very, very good was Joel Embiid. 29 points, 16 rebounds, four assists, two steals, two blocks. It was two for five from deep. Crystal ball time here for you, Pedro. Where does he end up on a per game 
and totals value in nine cat? I think we should expect to see Joel Embiid in the top 10 per game. Uh, I'm expecting a more efficient season, uh, you know, uh, in field goal percentage. It really doesn't, didn't show up in this game, but uh, he should be getting easier shots now with the added spacing. Uh, in total stats, I think top 20, maybe, maybe top 15. I don't know. He does rest a lot. Now, Toby Harris, Tobias Harris, the old man squad that Dan, uh, type player that Dan loves. He had 26 points, 11 rebounds, two assists, two steals, two blocks, which was beautiful. Uh, Shake Milton, no points and threes today, but is he a hold? He's getting steals when he doesn't get threes and points. He's not quite Malik Beasley or Dennis Schroeder, is he? But is he a hold? Uh, no, he's not. And. Actually, he wasn't uh, really in my top 150, so he wasn't even going drafted in my, uh, in, in a lot of my drafts. Uh, there's a lot of fantasy news outlets are really into Shake Milton, but what does he do when he's not hitting threes? Uh, it's hard to tell. Uh, no, he's not a hold, and he definitely isn't a hold when he's playing 25 minutes and has a usage of 17%. What about Seth Curry? He had 17 points, six rebounds, four assists. He had three three-pointers, perfect from the foul line. He's just a streamer too, or is he a hold? No, Seth Curry, yeah, I had him in the 130 range coming into the season because um, he's always he's always efficient from the field, even when his shot isn't dropping. Like, he takes safe shots, and he gets you a little bit of, uh, you know, a few assists and, and a steal a game. So he really doesn't – he's like a Joe Harris in a lot of ways, so – uh, so if you need that field goal bump from the from the guard spots, uh, Curry's the way to go. But yeah, Curry's a hold, especially if he's playing 33 minutes. I don't think he plays 33 minutes the rest of the season without getting injured. But at this point, you grab him and, and you see for yourself. The next game was the Chicago Bulls up against the uh, Washington Wizards. 115 to 107, the Bulls ran out winners. It might be crisis time for the Wizards already. Uh, on the Bulls side, Kobe White had 18 points, five rebounds, six assists. Uh, he had just two for five from deep. Six for 14, that field goal percentage is always a bit low, but uh, he's a value guy. Do you think he will hit his draft day value? Uh, depends. If it's early drafts where he was being taken in the 80s and 90s, sure. If it's like the, a draft before the season opener, the day before the season opener where he was going in the 60s, then Maybe not, because um, it really doesn't seem like he has a very diverse stat set to, to get there. So it depends completely on his offensive stats. Uh, he needs to get to the line more, uh, and he needs to keep this these assists up uh, in order to reach that top 60 potential. Uh, for what it's worth, I think he gets there, but it's going to be a, a bumpy road. Now, Wendell Carter Jr. is a guy that you're a fan of. He had 10 points, uh, 12 rebounds, three assists today. He was five for eight from the field. He had 34 minutes. Is he somebody who beats his draft day value? I am holding out hope for him. Uh, every time I actually see him play, he looks slow. He looks a little bit lost, but they're running off the offense through him. They're putting him in position to get assists. Uh, they're letting him uh, shoot the three-pointer. He's not hitting it. So this is definitely a wait and see. Uh, you can't get rid of him because you probably drafted him top 80 and you would be losing out even if you trade him away. So uh, losing hope, but Wendell Carter, we know he's a skilled big man and he played 34 minutes today. So the, the role is there for him. Uh, someone we would probably want to watch because he's been dropped in a few places was Otto Porter Jr. He had 29 minutes 
16 points, three rebounds, one assist. He hit three three-pointers. The minutes are encouraging. That was not an incredible return, but that's some encouragement to watch him. Pat Williams, uh, right before the season started, was the guy that people were saying could end up being one of the top rookies this season. He had 12 points, one rebound, two assists, uh, and he hit two three-pointers. On the Washington Wizards side of things, of course, it was Russell Westbrook with another monster. 21 points, 15 rebounds, 11 assists, one steal. He was nine for 17 from the field, one for four from the three-point line. Of course, uh, he's never going to be good there. Bradley Beal had 29 points, four rebounds, three assists, two steals, one block. He was nine for 20. Now, this is where it gets interesting in the tidbits. Bertans, three for nine from deep, but nine for nine at the foul line. What is going on there? He is somebody that people have, few people have dropped, uh, might not hit his draft day value. What do you think about Batans? It was a weird thing because uh, he didn't start the game, but then they inserted him into the starting lineup uh, in the uh, after halftime. Um, I guess they saw that they had a chance to beat the Bulls, so mm. they went all in on that. Uh, yeah, no, I, re- I really like Batans, but more as a as a three specialist who gets like some some rebounds and he can help in free throw. I wouldn't be expecting him to shoot nine from from the line very often but yeah he's helpful and now that he his minutes restriction has been lifted uh he's definitely a rosterable guy if, if he wasn't already he probably already is and also for the washington wizards tom bryan had 13.6 rebounds two assists he had two blocks uh and he had one three-pointer russell westbrook is eating his rebounds alive uh but maybe he can make up for that in assists and three pointers Denny Avdia had nine points, four rebounds, four assists, two steals, one block, three three-pointers. That's a great line on just five shots. Is he an interesting low-usage guy, Pedro? Uh, I'm keeping my eye out, but they have a lot of interesting wings that can do a lot of similar things with Troy Brown and, and in deeper leagues, even Isak Bonga. Uh, so if, between him and somebody like Pat Williams, uh, to, just to mention another rookie, I prefer Pat Williams for now. Okay, and over to the next game of the evening, which was the Milwaukee Bucks up against the Miami Heap. This was an absolute smoking, a beat down and flog someone's lunch money, take their credit card and buy absolutely everything in the canteen, every toasted sandwich. That was an absolute ass kicking. Uh, the most three pointers in NBA history. What can you say about that, Pedro? Uh, I did not see it coming from this Milwaukee team. I thought three-pointers were one of their deficiencies coming into the season. Uh, they proved me wrong. The only one not to hit one was Janice himself. Yeah, even his, <laughs> even his brother hit one. <laughs> the Nascus <laughs> was one for two from the field. Um, well, I wanted to mention this. Uh, is Janice, is he a buy low guy? Yeah, well, I've got him in a couple of places. I've got him in a punt three throw build, and I accidentally drafted him in an eighteen in an eight category league, not realizing. I think I told you about that. He he's really low at the moment in terms of his per game, and three for nine, only nine shots, mind you. I mean, obviously it was a blowout, but uh, yeah, it's not looking great, is it? Yeah, it's one of those situations where, like, I don't think there's ever been a buy low on Janice because he's been playing out of his mind for two straight years. So this is one of those things where you like throw out a low ball offer. And if you get him, figure out what you're going to do with your free throws later, because I don't think there's, I don't remember the last by low window on, uh, on Janice Antetokounmpo. 
Uh, it's been years since that. So yeah, so he was pretty bad, but he w- he will never be this bad. And someone else who was uh, well, someone who was actually very good. I mean, for the Bucks was Chris Middleton, and he's been playing out of his mind. Twenty five points, five. Uh, four rebounds, five assists, two steals, 10 for 13 from the field. Drew Holiday was also excellent. 24 points, three rebounds, seven assists, three steals. You always get those defensive categories in just 26 minutes. Very efficient, nine for 15. Uh, Dante DiVincenzo, I want to celebrate and dance on the table because he's another body, another person I drafted around pick 100 in part thanks to you or mostly thanks to you. He had 17 points, two assists, two steals hit five three-pointers, which was fantastic. Brooke Lopez, 14 points, two rebounds, uh, no assists, no steals, and no blocks, which is a bit disappointing. Uh, I've seen people with half a brain drop him, but is he somebody who might not hit where he was drafted this season? And have we seen the best of Brooke Lopez? Uh, whether we've seen the best of Brooke Lopez in his career. Yeah, definitely. But I think there's nothing stopping him from being the same player. He has been the last two years. Um, I think last year he had a drop in, uh, three point percentage, which, uh, it should be, he should be a little bit better, but you really only want him for the 1.5 steals and almost two blocks a game, maybe even more than two blocks a game. That's all. Uh, it's it's a question of managing expectations and not expecting him to get better in his age thirty two season. And the out of position three pointers as well. Obviously, hit three for four today, um, and that was something that he has really improved late in his career. On the Miami side, I wonder if we should just skip everything. It was so bad, except for maybe Tyler Hero, who had twenty three points, seven assists, one steal. He was nine for sixteen from the field. Uh, that's about it, isn't it? There's not much. In fact, there's nothing. There's none, except for maybe Kendrick Nunn. <laughs> <laughs> well, and- it's good to see Tyler Hero do some things other than, you know, just shoot threes. Uh, but, of course, he's not going to get this usage when Butler's in. So uh, we can we can gloss over this one. And the next game on the slate was the Orlando Magic versus the OKC Thunder. Magic ran out winners 118 to 107. They ran away with it in the fourth quarter, but this was a tight game overall. Are the Thunder a bit better than you thought they might be, Pedro? Uh, They have some interesting young guys, or at least they play with a lot of energy. Lugan Stort is a part of that. But also today, I say a Roby kind of kind of really did his thing. We saw it once in the preseason. Uh, but yeah, he had 19 points, seven rebounds, a steal and a block on a uh, good field goal percentage, terrible free throw percentage. Uh, yeah, so this is something that I think I said it in, in my first uh, pod hit uh, for your show is that we really have to keep an eye on OKC's rotations for the entirety of the season because you just never know who's going to pop up in this rotation. And for the uh, Orlando Magic, let's have a look at them first. Uh, They were the visiting team. It's normally where we start. Vucevic had 28 points, 10 rebounds, 5 assists, 1 steal, 12 for 18 from the field, 3 for 4 from deep. I don't want you to talk about him because it makes me feel sick that I drafted Nurkic instead of him. Let's move right along to Markel Fultz. Uh, 11 points, 10 assists. Those assist numbers are beautiful. One of the top assist guys in basketball at the moment. He had 1 steal. He also hit a three-point shot. He was two for two from the foul on. His shooting today was not good, which is unlike him. He's, for a guard, been having a good field goal percentage, four for 16 today. Fultz is another league winner. Is maybe a bit uh, much to say, but he's returning top 50 value at the moment, uh, maybe even a bit higher. 
Yeah, this is one of those things where we should have just believed our eyes last year. Last year, he looked like a completely different player, extremely fluid. He could get to any spot he wants. The problem is that when he gets to that spot, he can't hit the shots. Uh, but this year, he's really like he's aware of his deficiencies. He's getting to the paint, and he's actually shooting the three. It's not really going in right now, but uh, today's low-end line shows that he could do other things even when he has a bad game. And uh, things that we probably should not pay too much attention to, Dwayne Bacon is uh, not fantastic at fantasy basketball, uh, even though he's obviously good enough to be an NBA player in real life. He had 18 points, eight rebounds, but he had no assists, no steals, no blocks, uh, no three-pointers, uh, nine for 10. Obviously, that is not sustainable, and he's not an ad uh, unless you're in deep leagues. Uh, Aaron Gordon had 12 points, five rebounds, and two assists, another reasonably disappointing line for him. Terry Ross, who has been amazing so far this season, but this is a bit more of a mere game. He had 14 points, one rebound, one assist, one steal. He missed his three-point shots. If a couple more of them go in, that was a 20-point game from Terry Ross, and he's returning good, very good um, late-round value. If you got him, you should be happy with that. On the OKC, Thunderside, uh, Shea Gilgis-Alexander had 23.7 rebounds, seven assists. He had no steals, no blocks. He had three three-pointers. He was eight for 10 from the field, which was very efficient. But he's not up on a per-game basis at the moment near where he was drafted. Why is that? Um, it's just a weird rotation, I think. Uh, and he's playing point guard for the first time in two years. So uh, I'll give him a pass because he's actually playing the point guard position really well. Uh, and he's like, uh, seeding a lot of touches to, uh, players of less of considerably less talent, like, uh, Hamadou Diallo, who got, uh, 26% usage to Shay's 21. So I think just... You know, Shea can do whatever he wants on the court. I think he knows it. And I think he knows that the plan isn't really to win a lot of games. Uh, He's going to have some really good stat lines this season, but it might be frustrating to see him kind of coast through the season. Um, I think he does finish as as a top 20 that we were expecting. I never saw him with the top 10 upside that some outlets were really pushing towards draft season. And also for the OKC Thunder, Darius Baisley, uh, he had a bit of a fall back to earth after some of his really good games. He had just six points, six rebounds, two assists, but he did have two blocks. He was three for 14 from the field. He's obviously a hold, and you should be happy if you grabbed him late or grabbed him off the wire. Lugans Dort, here he is. Let's finish with Lugans Dort today. He had 15 points, four rebounds. Now, here we go. Here we see how sage Pedro is. Zero assists. Zero steals, zero blocks, 42.9% from the field. You are Nostra freaking Damas. <laughs> and he missed both free throws too. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so that's the thing with Lugan Stort. That Those two categories and, I guess, the rebounds where he helped, like, points and threes, that's useful. That's yeah. that's a rosterable player, you know? Uh, so that would have ranked him as a, a, a top 140 for, for the day if we're taking into account daily rankings. So he's a rosterable player, but he's just not going to have those o- offensive explosions or even defensive explosions uh, very often during the season. So he'll be very frustrated. And my wor- uh, frustrating, my worry with Dort is that having him on your roster and praying for that breakout game is going to prevent you from adding a better player from the wire, which is what I've been telling anybody who's willing to listen. It's like, hold him, but don't hold him 
so tightly that you miss out on on a better player. Well, that is a good way to end. I think I've kept you for an hour. I'm going to be back soon after this ad read to finish the last few games. Join me in putting our hands together with a virtual clap, a virtual golf clap, but more than a golf clap, it's like uh, the winning shot that comes in and gets you an eagle on the 18th hole because some of the recommendations that Pedro comes up with are magnificent. We will enjoy having you back a couple of times a month uh, very much. Thanks for joining us, Pedro. Thank you, Dr. Jolly. It's doctor, right? You're a university lecturer. No, I work at a university, but I'm not an actually a doctor. It's funny because when I worked in Korea or in the American system, people call you professor if you work at a university. Now, I'm a master's degree guy, but uh, yeah, I, probably it's just my glasses <laughs> that make people think I'm a professor. Uh, well, I, I think I prefer doctor anyway, so Dr. Jolly's going to There you go. <laughs> All right, Pedro, it's been fantastic having you. And, and stay tuned, folks. I'll be back with the last three games of the day. Now, if you've been following Dan's pod or listening to the ads on our show, you'd know that now is the time to get involved uh, with mybookie.ag. If you haven't got on those deals, uh, you've missed out. But you can get some skin in the game right now with mybookie, where odds boosts, lightning deals, and free bets await all season long. And with the NFL playoffs right around the corner, if you're an NFL head, you know who those teams are basically now. Just one week to go. We know what they are capable of, and it's not difficult to find some value in those lines. Whether you're a first-time customer or you've been playing MyBookie for years, there is no shortage of value to be found in the thousands of game lines, unique prop bets, and contests that they offer every single week. Sign up or get reloaded today. Find an edge, make your bet, and get paid. I was going to say a bad word. <laughs> go and get paid. They also boost a fully-fledged casino uh, platform, giving you all the access you need to classic table, slot, and card games you'd expect to find at your local spot. And the best part is, at my bookie, the doors never close, so you can continue to build your bankroll even after the stadium lights have gone right out. Make the right play and sign up today at my bookie. And when you do, use the promo code HOOPBALL to get your deposit matched halfway all the way up to 1000 bucks. The terms are simple. You put in 200 bucks, they'll match you with another 100 in your account. And if you're planning to bet this year, this season, this is free betting money. It's winning season at MyBookie, so come and join the fun and win some cash while you're at it. Remember as well that HoopBall uh, has a betting pod, uh, has betting content, and when you, if you want to, you can sign up to one of our packages that, that enables you to get hot tips on bets and things like that as well. So check that out. And now we've reached that part of the show where we get very intimate because it's just uh, me, myself, and I, Mr. Jolly. Uh, remember, I'm on Twitter at Mr. Jolly of Sydney. Follow me there uh, if you like. And now we're going to do the last few games of the evening. The first game was the New Orleans Pelicans getting absolutely flogged at the Phoenix Suns, 86 points to 111 for the New Orleans Pelicans, Brandon Ingram was okay. He had 13 points, six rebounds, six assists, and one steal. Zion had 20 points, but not much more. He had two rebounds, an assist, a no assist, one steal. Uh, he had two for six from the foul line, which is awful. A uh, bit of a back to fall back to earth. He still had 29 minutes, but not up there at that sort of 33 or so that he has been getting. Eric Bledsoe was in the toilet again. He had seven points, two assists, one steal. He just had five shots. God, he is someone who is not returning draft day value and probably not even a recommended buy low at this point. Uh, Lonzo Ball had seven points, a donut of rebounds, just one assist, no steals, no blocks, three for 12. That was awful, although he is still returning top 50 value and has been very good. So do not panic. Uh, for the Phoenix Suns, which was a much 
better-looking line uh, across the board. Uh, who was really good for them was Jay Crowder. He had 21 points, two rebounds, one assist, one steal. He had five huge three-pointers, uh, reprising his role from Miami. He seems to provide value wherever he goes, doesn't he? My man, McCall Bridges, the guy I love just about more than anybody in fantasy basketball at the moment. He's a top 20 dude. He had 13 points, but he had seven rebounds, two steals. He had a three-pointer. He only had seven shots in his 30 minutes, but that's probably his wor- that is his worst game by far so far. DeAndre Ayton had a double-double. He had 13 points, 12 rebounds. He had no steals, just one block, no three-pointers, just one shot at the foul line. Six for 11 in his 26 minutes. You probably need to see a full game that's not a blowout to kind of analyze a bit better. He's not returning the value he was drafted at at the moment, and he's still a buy-low candidate. Devin Booker had a shocker. He had eight points, six rebounds, three assists. Did have two steals, though, which helps, and a couple of threes. Uh, Just three for nine from the field, and again, 25 minutes. So he didn't really have that extra sort of seven or eight minutes to repair the line. Chris Paul had nine points, but he did have nine assists, uh, showing why he is a lock. First ballot Hall of Famer, one of the top probably three or four point guards of all time. Uh, another thing that might be interesting is comparing uh, the minutes and the usage and, and performances of Jay Crowder and Cameron Johnson, as well as Cameron Payne off the bench. Cameron Johnson had 18 points. That guy is just igniting, igniting from uh, deep at the moment. He had six for 13 from the field, four of 10 from deep, two of two from the foul line uh, for, his, for his performance, which was excellent. The second last game of the evening was the Minnesota Timberwolves getting flogged. A few floggings today wasn't there by the Clippers. Uh, For the Timberwolves, D'Angelo Russell, shout out to my son D'Angelo and your namesake, had a pretty good game. He had 22 points, four assists, two steals. Uh, He had four for 11 from deep. He's a fair dinkum gunner, isn't he? Nine for 19 from the field in his 31 minutes. Look, it's not really winning basketball, but it's decent fantasy basketball, that's for sure. Malik Beasley had 19 points, four rebounds. He had no assists, no steals, no blocks. He had two for eight from deep, but he's still providing some decent late-round value. Ricky Rubio, who has not been providing much at all, had 17 points, five assists, a steal, two for three from deep, six for eight. He's just those eight shots, isn't it, compared to 19 for D'Lo. He's got less shots than Anthony Edwards off the bench as well. Anthony Edwards himself had 12 points and then a bunch of donuts. He had 12, 0, 0, 0, 0, and one block. He also hit four three-pointers, though, four for 10 from the field. And he's still someone I'm holding uh, if I picked him up off the waiver wire or drafted him in the last round. Uh, Apart from that, not really much else of interest other than to say Jarrett Culver, my goodness, zero points. But he did have 10 rebounds, 0 for 3 from deep, 0 for 10 from the field. I'm glad I streamed him and dropped him like a stone in the ocean, which is where he sank with that shooting. For the LA Clippers, Paul George, uh, one of my faves. I got him in a couple of leagues. It was middle of the second round, and he's performing as a first-round player. This was possibly his worst game. He did have, uh, apart from when they got flogged by the Mavs, he had 18 points, six rebounds, five assists, two blocks, which is tasty. He had four for six from deep as well. Two for two from the foul line. We love our Paul George. And just 28 minutes, of course, reduced a bit because of the blowout. Um, 
Serge Ibaka had 16 points, 8 rebounds, and 4 assists. Decent from him. Uh, we know that he's in a bit of a battle with Zubac. Zubac had 18 minutes. He had 12 points, 4 rebounds, 1 assist. He did have 3 blocks, though. And Pedro asked me to talk about him. The rest is a bit of a mess. Although we did learn that Luke Kennard can actually play basketball. He had 15 points, 3 rebounds, 4 assists in his 28 minutes. But uh, him and Lou Williams, who had 20 points, but who cares? Lou Williams is a, is like you can replace with a hot streamer. He's only going to go off when they have uh, when there are blowouts or occasionally he doesn't have value. Luke Kennard doesn't have value, uh, and Patrick Beverly doesn't have much value unless you're streaming those guys in four game weeks. Uh, the last game of the night was the Denver Nuggets. Shout out to my man Michael Griffin, the Nuggets owner in the thirty uh, team league that we play in. They gave me a bit of a flogging to my Mavs last week, uh, but we'll come back for you in the playoffs, buddy. The Kings managed to win, and they pulled away in the fourth quarter thanks to Tyrese Halliburton. Uh, he had a really good game. But let's look at the Nuggets first. For the Denver Nuggets, Michael Porter Jr. Oh, get down there and sing hallelujah on the weekend. Because <laughs> I tell you, he had 30 points, six uh a, 10 rebounds, sorry, one assist, two blocks, four three-pointers, two for two from the foul line, 12 for 18 at 66.7%. Why am I talking like that? Because i got a few Michael Porter Juniors, that why, that's why. And if you did and you got him in the 50 to 60 range, you've got to be pretty happy with that line. Uh, Paul Millsap had a dud after a good one. He seems to have one good game, one dud, one good game, one dud. Today had five points, four rebounds, two assists, one for four from the field. Nikola Jokic doesn't have duds. He had 26 points, 11 rebounds, 12 assists, and he had a quadruple-double. <laughs> he had 10 turnovers, 26, 10, 26, 11, 12, and 10 turnovers. How about that? Uh, but he did uh, hit 7 for 7 from the foul line. He was 9 of 14 from the field at 64.3%. So you'll take those turnovers, won't you? Uh, Monty Morris uh, came in and played point guard in this game because Jamal Murray did not play, and he had a game. He had 24 points, four assists, two steals, one block. He was 10 for 15 from the field, two for six from the three-point line. Now, is he an ad? No, because Jamal Murray was not playing, and that's why he got those points. But what we can see here is if, you know, depending on how long Jamal Murray is out for or if someone gets injured, this guy looks to be a baller and someone to watch. Uh For the Sacramento Kings, as I mentioned, uh, it was Tyrese Halliburton playing down the stretch, surprisingly, who hit some big buckets, uh, helped the Kings get that win. He had 13 points, six rebounds, three assists. He was three for four from deep, very efficient, five for seven from the field. uh, And looks like, is he a pickup? I don't know. But, you know, Pat Williams, Tyrese Halliburton, these kind of guys, maybe they're the last guy at the end of your bench and you see how they go. Very good for Dynasty, obviously, if you're a Halliburton owner, to see what he did today. De'Aaron Fox had another good game. He had 24 points. He had nine assists. He had two steals. He had one block. He had two for four from deep and eight for 15. Very efficient. Six for seven from the foul line. De'Aaron Fox looks the business. Uh, Marvin Bagley had 18 points, two rebounds, one assist, and one steal. Harrison Barnes had a dud. He is not a good basketball player. And, uh, gee, I wish he would get a few less minutes and give him some of these other blokes. Buddy Heald had just 12 points. He hit three for seven for deep, so that's not too bad. Most exciting, let's finish with something very exciting for me personally, because I did a trade for Rashawn Holmes. I traded away uh, Dennis Schroeder and a pick 
to get oh no, I traded away Dennis Schroeder to get DeAndre Hunter, and then I attached a pick to DeAndre Hunter and got Rashawn Holmes in a dynasty league uh, thirty teamer. And today he had twenty points. He had five rebounds. He had three assists, two steals, and one block. He was ten for thirteen from the field, which is lovely for my true shooting, effective field goal, and uh, my two point percentages in that crazy league. Shout out to all the guys that are playing in that. If you made it to the end. This is the end of the show. It's been a bit of a marathon. We had 10 games. We had Pedro reviewing a couple of breakout guys. One who he thinks will stick, Keldon Johnson. The other one, Lou Dort. Don't get carried away. This has been a hoop ball presentation, hoop-ball.com. Get over and check out the packages. Find us on Discord. Connect with me and Scotty. I'm Mr. Jolly of Sydney, and Scotty is the Harlander 23 on Twitter. We will love you and leave you. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.